The solemnity of the ascension always has caused me to question a little bit, wouldn't it be a sad day for the apostles? Isn't it sad to think about Jesus leaving, going away? After all, the apostles had spent three years with him, day and night, every day on the the most beautiful, longest camping trip any Boy Scout could imagine, to camp three years with Jesus, every day and night. And then, after he was raised from the dead, the apostles spent 40 days with Jesus alive and resurrected. It must have been amazing and wonderful and such an intimate connection with Jesus that no one would ever want to end. And so we come to the day 40 days after the resurrection, Ascension Thursday, or Ascension Thursday Sunday, as we do in Kansas. If you're from Nebraska and you saw Jesus ascend Thursday, well, he's back. He goes again today in, in Kansas. But imagine on that day when Jesus finally goes. Wouldn't it be sad? Jesus is gone. And and we see a little bit of that in our first reading. They're standing looking up to to heaven. And yet the, the angels have to come and say, men of Galilee, why do you stare at the sky? Jesus will come back the same way he went. There is a sense of joy mixed with what do we do next? Reminds me of my, my time uh, learning to become a pilot. I'm a private pilot, instrument rated, so today would be a, a day to go fly in the clouds if I needed to. But when I was growing up, I loved airplanes and I always was interested in flying. I, I flew my computer. I loved flight simulators because that was the cheapest way for me to do it. Uh, but I always told myself if I ever got to actually learn how to fly, a real airplane, that, that I would do that. And that actually happened for me in my first parish at Most Heart of Mary in Topeka. One of the, the families there uh, owned an airplane, were flight instructors, and got me involved in the uh, local Air Scout Explorer Post of the Boy Scouts. There, there we, we teach largely high school kids how to fly an airplane. And it's uh, amazing to see the kind of confidence that, that comes in learning how to fly an airplane. You think of high school kids that are, are so maybe sometimes reserved and timid and shy and always looking around at other people to see what to do next. And then you, you get them to fly an airplane and talk on the radio to air traffic control. And, and pretty soon they've accomplished something pretty big on their own. And they, they have a great sense of newfound, I think, inner strength and confidence. Reminds me of one of the great moments in learning how to fly. And that is the day that you solo the airplane for the first time. Now, flight instruction is a time-honored tradition that's passed on. So first thing you'd notice about a a small airplane that you learn to fly in is that there are two sets of controls. The the left seat, where normally the, the pilot sits, and then the right seat. And you can fly the airplane from either side, which is really good because when you're learning how to fly, um, you don't know what you're doing, but your, your flight instructor is sitting in the right seat, and it's good that he can fly the airplane from the right seat. Because taking off, you learn pretty quick. Push the throttle, keep the plane pointed down the runway, and go off and fly. Landing is a bit more complicated. And as you might imagine, uh, as we say in flying, uh, takeoffs are optional. You don't have to take off. 
but landings are mandatory. You, you do have to land one way or the other. And so it's good to have your flight instructor there because you know as a flight uh, student, all right, I'm flying, this is nice. Uh, woo, I don't know what I'm doing. Hey, um, you take over, you know, and your, your flight instructor can do that. Now it's better that you don't just like let go of the airplane controls and say, ah, you take it. There's, there's a nice little handoff procedure that we do that makes it much more organized. But nonetheless, you know, if you get into any trouble as a young student pilot, you've got the, the expert right there next to you. Like, ah, it's a little too windy for me to land today. Why, why don't you take this one? And, and, you know, he'll land the airplane. You feel safe and confident with your instructor right there. And most of your time in the beginning is take off, go around the airport and land. Take off again, go around and land. That landing thing is actually kind of important. I mean, of all the skills you need to master as a pilot, that one's kind of important. So you learn that. But then, then there comes the day. I'll never forget it when it happened for me. I, I think I had, you know, made two, two landings and I, you know, we're taxiing back to the hangar and I thought maybe we're gonna do some groundwork. And the uh, instructor's like, hold up here for a second. I think you're ready. Like, ready for what? I think you're gonna solo. <sighs> no, wait, now? Like, yep, I'm getting out. I want you to go take off, land, do it again, taxi back, I'll meet you at the hangar. Good luck. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, okay, this is it. It's really gonna happen, it's my time to solo. And like, yeah, I know what I'm doing, I've done it, I just did it twice, why would it make a difference? But you know, I, I'm, I'm taxiing to the end of the runway, I do my checklist, I do all that I'm supposed to do, and then it's like, I'm alone in this airplane. I'm gonna push the throttle forward, I'm gonna take off, and then day nobody can help me land this airplane. I'm gonna have to do it, but I'm ready, you know? and you. You do it, and I, I remember for that first time, I pushed the throttle forward, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, I got my eyes down the runway, I'm looking at my instrument, it's all good, I take off, and I do it just instinctively, I'm gonna make my left turn, and I'm, I'm in the, I'm like, I'm flying, I'm flying, and there, I, there ain't nobody in the right seat anymore is gonna save me, I, I hope that the engine doesn't break, or that something doesn't go wrong, and I'm just, okay, but I got it, I went around, and I called the tower, got my clearance to land, Landed, and I did that. I took off again. I went back around, landed, went back to the hangar. I'm like, oh, pilot, I got this. You see me up there? Hey, nope, I'm by myself flying that airplane. And it's an amazing feeling. Now, my instructor is true. I, I could see him on the ground. There he is. He's down there. And there's a great sense of pride when you get done. And there's a little ritual in flying that they actually cut off the bottom of your shirt because it used to be the instructor would sit behind you and if he wanted to get your attention, he'd yank on your shirt. But after you've soloed, it's like you can do it now. You don't need the instructor. Now there's a lot more to learn so the instructor gets back in later and we, we learn how to fly cross country and navigate and do emergency procedures and there's more to learn. But after you've soloed an airplane, there is a great divide between those who are pilots and those who are not. And you can feel a great sense of, I can do it on my own. I, I think about that on the Solemnity Ascension because I, I think that's a little bit why this is not a sad day. It is a day in which Jesus says, I, I've revealed everything to you. I've taught you everything that I need to teach you from my Father. And now it's time for you to go out and do it. 
It's a little bit, I think, like the, the same feeling we get around graduations at this time. Okay, They've, the students have learned everything and now it's, it's, it's time to go out and especially for high school graduates. You're even gonna leave home and solo as it were. Parents are gonna stay behind. There, there is a sense in which this is what's meant to happen. You want to be able to do it on your own. And by do it, Jesus is really clear in the scriptures. No, you're gonna go out and you're gonna do what I did. Notice they watched Jesus for a long time. Here's Jesus healing someone. Wow, okay. He has to teach them. Oh no, a leper, get away. Jesus is like, hold on. Leper, come here. Touches him, be healed, and he is. The, the apostles would have learned, wow, okay, heal sick people, cure blind people, raise the, the lame, even raise the dead. The apostles would have seen Jesus do this just like I could have you know, watched my flight instructor. Here's how you land. Like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And you watch and you practice. Jesus, Jesus even sends the apostles out on a mission, remember at one point, and they go and they actually heal some people and they come back and they're like, Jesus, it was amazing. We were healing people and, and even demons were subject to us. It was great. It's like, okay, good, you're, you're learning. You're learning the first lessons. But then comes the, the day to solo when you have to go and you have to do it. And you put into practice all that the, the teacher taught you. That's the ascension. Jesus says, basically to us as Christians, now you go do it. Because Christianity is not a spectator activity. We do not sit back and watch Jesus do it, or even now sit back and say, well, all that, you know, preaching and, and proclaiming the faith and especially like healing people, well, that's for the priests. We'll watch them do it. You know, we can come to mass every Sunday and it's easy for our faith to be reduced to a spectator sport. I come to mass every Sunday and I sit and watch. Father gets up and preaches and talks about Jesus. Then I go home and I go off to my normal life. And you know, come back next week and repeat. That's not the point of Christianity. Jesus says, now you go do it. Like do what? Preach. Yeah, you <laughs> go out. It's not for the priest to talk about Jesus. I only get to do that for 15 minutes once a week on Sunday. And that's not so that you can watch me and be religiously entertained and then go out and say, well, that was nice. That was a nice homily. And you go share it on seanthebaptist.org all over the place. That, that you are supposed to do. Go share the homily, fine. But then you go do it. Yeah, like that, that person at, at work that's maybe interested. Oh, you're Catholic. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm Catholic. Let me tell you about it. You preach right there. Your friend that you see in the elevator who's got a crucifix on. Like, oh, you're Catholic? Yeah, me too. Where do, you, where do you go to Mass? Make a connection. Talk about it. Share the faith. Your friend who is down and out and in need and comes to you because you're a trustworthy person? There. Preach there. Share the love of Jesus. Even your friends who are, are sick and struggling. Jesus says, you will do what I did and greater things. So how many times does someone come to you and say, hey, will you pray for me? What's our normal response? Oh, yeah, sure, I'll pray for you. And then we go away. Why not stop right there and pray? Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll pray for you. What do you need? Well, you know, my, my arm's hurting. Like, all right, let's pray. Can I put my hand on your arm? Yeah, sure. Jesus, you know all things. You are a divine physician. You are a healer. In the name of Jesus, I command this weakness in this arm to go. 
I command this illness to be healed. I, I command that the, the mental struggles that my friend is going through, I, I command that it leave. In the name of Jesus, be healed. You can do that. You're baptized. You've received the Holy Spirit. And a lot of you are confirmed in the Holy Spirit. You have everything you need to solo this Christian airplane, to go and do the things Jesus did. Why do we not experience the presence of Jesus in the world more? Why does the world seem to not be going in a good direction? Well, part of it has to be because we as Christians are not living up to this divine commission to go out and do it. We want to not only not fly the airplane, we're content to like sit in the back seat and look out the window. I mean, that's nice, but that's not what Christians are for. Christians are to be pilots, to go out and do it. Today, Jesus gives all of us as Christians this great commission. Go out. It's your time. Solo the airplane. But then he tells you, but behold, I am with you always until the end of the world. We're not on our own. And that's where, to bring it full circle, Jesus has left, true, but he's not gone. In fact, in a way that is mysterious and the power of the Holy Spirit Jesus is more available and present to us now than even he was to the apostles. Yes, we go do it, but we don't do it without him. He is with us. And this is kind of true of a pilot too. Even after you're like, I'm a pilot, I'm flying the airplane. Uh, you see, you got pilots have their headsets on. That's because air traffic control is, is always there. And, you know, if, if I'm out flying today and there's blue sky over here, but there's a big, I can call air traffic control, say, uh, air traffic control, uh, you know, this is November 121410, go, little plane, single engine, just me, there's a big old cloud in front of me, can you, like, get me around this? Sure, little airplane, we'll help you. And they do. It's kind of like that with Christian life, too, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit goes with us. Jesus goes with us. Anytime that we're scared, like, I don't know what to do, Jesus. Should I talk to this person? Ugh, I'm uncomfortable. Jesus, help me. Air traffic control, Jesus, little help here. And he will. So it's not a sad day. Today is an exciting day. It's exciting to remember that we have all the instruction, everything we need to, to go out and do it. So don't be spectators in the Christian life. Put into practice the gifts that Jesus has given you. And when you go, know that you're not alone. You've got all your Christian brothers and sisters with you. We all do this together. And in the end, we know that Jesus is with us. Go, teach all nations your airplane, time to solo. But remember, you're not alone. For behold, I am with you until the end of the world.